Let's pray. King of glory, we look forward to that bright day of Your return. As You once came, and as You are coming again, come to us today in Your Word and speak and give us ears to hear. Amen. It was, or is, probably my favorite Advent memory. We were getting ready for worship for midweek service at Lamb of God, and uh, somebody walked up behind me and tapped me on the shoulder and said, Pastor, come with me, I want to show you something. And so I followed him out of the church, all the way out to his car. And he opened the back door, and there was his wife sitting in the back seat, holding a baby. Now, you need to understand, she hadn't been pregnant. In fact, this woman wanted a child more than anything, but she couldn't have one. And it was a deep wound in her life, so much so that on days like Mother's Day, she just couldn't come to church. And that all changed when a pediatrician in the congregation called them up one day and said, hey, I'm taking care of a child, a baby, in my office, and the mother doesn't want it. Are you guys interested in adopting? Well, to make a long story short, there she was in the back seat, holding that baby, grinning from ear to ear. And it's been, that, that baby's a teenager now, I don't think mom has stopped grinning yet. And that advent, that, that baby brought joy. Brought joy to Tom and Diane, brought joy to their family, brought joy really to the whole congregation that knew them very well. And for me, what a picture that is of how on a grander scale the birth in Bethlehem brings joy to the whole world. So, what child is this? Jesus is the child who brings joy. Now please understand something. Joy is something much different than happiness. Both good things, but happiness really is a, a product of and, and dependent on circumstances. If things go the way I want, I'm happy. If they don't, I'm not happy. It can depend on the weather. If the weather is good, I, 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 I can go forward with my plans. If the weather's bad, I can't. I get unhappy. If, if, if my plans go the way I wish, I, I feel good about them. If people are nice to me, I'm, I'm happy. If they're nasty, I'm not so happy. Happiness is at the mercy of circumstances. Joy is different. Joy is the fruit of something that never changes. God's love for us in Jesus Christ. At least what the Bible calls joy. You know what? That, that, that truth that God loves us is an amazing thing. When my dad died, 
I experienced horrible grief. And yet because of God's love in Christ, I also experienced great joy. I hurt because I missed my father. I rejoiced because I knew he was with Jesus. Joy is something that no grief, no pain can, can change away, take away. Not the death of a loved one. Not the loss of a job. Whatever it is, because in the worst moments of life, joy is always possible because God always loves you. You know, really, the only things that can steal our joy are things inside of you and me. Are the things in us. The ways you and I make ourselves miserable. Now, I could list a lot of those. So just go through a few. Think about guilt. Anybody here ever beat themselves up over guilt? Maybe long after something has been done and you think about it later and you think, ah, what's wrong with me? Like the, the man I've told you about who had committed adultery and his wife had forgiven him, but he could not let go of it. He could not forgive himself. He couldn't believe that God could possibly forgive him. And he made himself miserable because of guilt. And the, the second thief is related to guilt. It's called shame. You may equate them, but, but shame is is everything in your life and mine that we don't want anybody else to know about, that we hide. Shame is not, I did something bad. Shame is, I am bad. And if anybody knew, there's no way they'd want anything to do with us. Not even God could love someone like me. Now shame leads to another thief of joy. You could call it isolation or loneliness. See, what, what we do in our shame is we cut ourselves off from other people. What a great picture of that. Look at Adam and Eve. After they fell into sin, they heard God walking in the garden, and what did they do? They hid themselves from the presence of God. And when that didn't work, they tried to hide their shame by blaming each other. What did, what did, what did uh, Adam say? The woman, actually he blamed God, the woman you gave me, she gave me the fruit, and I ate it. In our shame, we cut ourselves off from each other and from God. We lie. We hide for fear of letting the truth be known. And that leads to loneliness. And I don't know if you realize it, but loneliness is epidemic in our culture. i give you two more thieves of, of joy. Fear and worry. How many of you worry about things? How many of you let something you're worried about make you miserable? I'm not expecting hands, but I'm seeing some nodding heads. When, when, and some pointing fingers. And when, and when, Linda and I, before we left Germany, 
We went on one last trip while we were over there. We went to Venice. Should have been a great trip. I made myself miserable, worrying about and afraid over the mortgage back here. Fortunately, Linda didn't let me ruin her trip, but I ruined mine. See, there are things in you and me that rob us of joy. Sometimes you and I are our own worst enemy. Thank God he's our best friend. See, in the baby born of Mary, God gives an answer to every thief that would steal away your joy. And God invites us, invites us. And we, I share with the kids, right, that today is the Sunday of joy in Advent, the Sunday when the mood changes. If you were paying attention to the readings, you heard it, especially the reading that Randy read from Zephaniah, right? Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. In that child, God brings healing to every misery. Listen, you think about guilt, shame? Listen to what he says. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. You know, in the garden, after the fall, God called them out of hiding. And once they confessed their sins, God made a promise to them of a Savior. He said to the serpent, right? He said, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, and he will bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Well, the baby that Mary laid in that manger, Jesus he is the child. He is the offspring promised to Adam and Eve, the one who would crush the serpent's head by his perfect life, by his death offered up for our sins, by his resurrection victory. He won victory over Satan and sin and death for you and me. He took it away. There is no reason to beat yourself up with guilt. There is no reason to hide in shame. There is now no condemnation for you who are in Christ Jesus. None whatsoever. What's more, in, in Jesus, God fills the loneliness, doesn't He? He takes away our fears. Again, back to Zephaniah. The King of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. You shall never fear again. On that day it will be said of Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one. To save you. Think about that. When that baby was born, she laid him in a manger. She was laying God himself in a manger. God himself in flesh and blood. Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus is the Word who became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have beheld His glory, glorious of the only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
I want you to think about what a difference it makes knowing he's with you. I want to give you some public, some biblical examples. How is it that Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, I love those names, could rejoice while walking in a fiery furnace? Because, as Nebuchadnezzar noted, there was a fourth in there. One that Nebuchadnezzar said looked like a son of the gods. Because Jesus himself was in that furnace with them. How could Paul and Silas in prison in Philippi, how could they sit in that jail singing all night? Because they weren't alone. Not only did they have each other, but in each other Jesus was there with them. And I want you to think about that. In all these people around you, Jesus is with you. And here's a group I can say from experience will love you no matter what. Think about Corey Tenboom and her sister. They had each other. They found joy in the midst of the misery of a Nazi concentration camp and there learned that no pit is so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Our God comes to be with us in all the good and hard times of life. Indeed, you could say that in this child, God does more than give you reason to rejoice. <laughs> in that child, in that baby, in that man, God himself is rejoicing over you. Now think about that. You and I look at ourselves and we think of all sorts of reasons to be miserable. But God looks at us and he sees Jesus Christ and in us, he sees reason for joy so that he rejoices over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. God takes joy in you, more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, the joy of your salvation and mine. You know, when, when uh, Kellen was born, our grandson, one of our grandsons. John and Dora still lived in Indonesia, so we didn't get there to see Kellen until about three months later. But I'll never remember the night in Jakarta, in our hotel room, Kellen laying on the bed. And Linda and I were making faces at him, and he started to giggle the way only a baby can giggle. And you know, the more he giggled, the more we started to giggle and laugh and smile. The, the joy was infectious. Well, I don't know if this is right to say, but my friends, God giggles over you. He takes joy in you. And He would want His joy to infect your heart and your life the way Kellen's infected ours. And to fill your heart with laughter and joy because God has given His own Son for you. God has come to dwell in our midst. Jesus, your Savior, is the baby, the man, 
who brings joy. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.